0: You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Happy after Christmas and almost New Year. Uh, As you can see, we're talking about prayer. Uh, if you have your worship folder, you can pull out the, the outline that's on there. Uh, it's, it's a little different than what we normally have. It's a full sheet uh, there, and uh, um, on the front is a, some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen, but as we go through our time together and that, but on the back is, is a, a number of written prayers. You know, sometimes when you don't have the words... It's always great to be able to just to pray a prayer that someone has already written out. And many of these are just straight out of Scripture. A few of them are for some of the uh, ancient uh, uh, first century church fathers that have written there. And we're going to give you those throughout our little series. And and just these next couple of weeks, we are uh, talking about prayer. What a great way to to start the end of the, the old year and start the new year. And uh, this morning, as, a, as a, uh, Richard Horn, our uh, leader in our prayer ministry, uh, led in... Uh, uh, a centuries-old tradition called a pastoral prayer, and it's a a, a prayer that uh, someone, a church leader, will come up and pray on behalf of the congregation. It's it's found this way in the early uh, worship of the temple in, in the Old Testament when the Levites would come before God or the, the the chief priests would come before God and and pray on behalf of the people. And so, uh, thank you, Richard, for leading us in prayer. And that it was a very heartfelt uh, minister to me. Um, in that outline, there's a number of verses that are given, and, and don't worry if you. If you, I'm not going to go through every verse that we mentioned today, but if you want to pick up a, a, this a study guide, we have these at the end of the service. Uh, if you go out these double doors and go left, uh, there's a community life group desk there. These are on that desk. And they are just a great way to, uh, to personal Bible study. A lot of our life groups that will begin, many of them will begin coming up this January again. And uh, I know I'm looking forward to our group starting in, uh, in January, and, but we go through these and, and these are questions for this life group, but also a great time for personal study. And then on the back, like I said, are all the answers to the fill in the blanks and a lot of the extra verses. So I encourage you with that. In that uh, and also inside your worship folder, uh, there is a, a connection card to fill it. If you wouldn't mind taking that out right here uh, and uh, put your name on that and any contact information you'd like us to have. And then what we'd really want is a prayer request uh, from you. Uh, we believe in prayer. We pray all the time for you, and we have groups that meet all throughout the week and uh, that, that pray for you, and we'd love to know how to pray for you. And so if you wouldn't mind filling that out, you can place it in the offering when it's taken at the end of the service or hand it to one of the ushers, or, and we'd be happy to give it to you. If, if it's something of a confidential nature, in other words, you just want our pastors and our elders to see that, then just check the little box as confidential, and it only goes to the pastors and the elders. The rest of it go uh, to kind of a worldwide prayer list that we have. You get prayed all over the world with these things. We send them out, People, different people pray, and so we can do that. But uh, So we're talking a lot about prayer. But when you think about prayer, what, what, what comes to mind? Um, maybe a holy language with some certain rules to it. Uh, maybe that's what you think about when you think about prayer. Or, or maybe it's, you think, well, you know, really prayer is just simply a kind of a weird self-talk that uh, is more of for us than anything else. Or maybe you think prayer is a, a practice of the super devout that have those you know certain God words they say, or they just say God differently. God, <laughs> We're not sure, but maybe some you might think prayer is like that, or maybe just a bit awkward. Uh, here you are, you're asked to to pray to God Almighty, uh, you know, the Sovereign Lord of everything, and and you know who am I to say? I, you know, I'm kind of like speechless. Uh, what what do I say? And a little awkward there. Maybe that's how you think about prayer. However, what prayer is and ca- can be is that prayer is our uh, communication with God, Psalm one forty five eighteen. You can look it up later. It says it says that uh, uh, God is near to all to those He call who calls upon Him. That that when you talk to God, if you've come to that place in your life or believe in Jesus, you have now the right to come right into the throne room of God and talk to God Almighty. You you have a pass. You don't need to go through any kind of weird hokey mokey, You know, stand up, sit down, jump, and you know, turn around. You don't have to do any of that. You just simply just open up and talk to God. He's always there, always ready to listen to you, and he's there. His, his ear is attentive to those who call upon him. So prayer is our, our communication with God. It's prayer is also our initiative to take hold of God. Isaiah 64, verse 7, talks about that. If you really want to really grasp God, it's through prayer, that wonderful connection with God of, of you talking to him and him talking to you. And he may not be audible. He talks us through his word, but he puts that sense in our heart. But it's, it's our, our initiative to take hold of God. But prayer is also our link to the Holy Spirit's work in our inner being, God has. When you come to faith in Jesus, you've been given the Holy Spirit who begins to work in you, and it's through that prayer, that we gain the growth that we want that He wants for us. Now, Jesus talked a lot about prayer all through the Gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—and in Matthew chapter seven, Jesus says this: He says, "Ask, and it will be given to you; seek, and you will find; knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives." And the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open to you. Now, the next few verses after this passage, you could read it later on your own, but, but Jesus goes into explaining how much God really loves to hear it when we pray. He even gives an example that um, you know, a loving father, uh, that, that interacting with God is like interacting with a loving father, because even an even a okay dad, when, a, when his son asks for some food, uh, some uh, fish, that dad's not gonna give him a venomous snake. At least we hope not that the dad wouldn't do that. But you know that he, uh, a regular father's gonna bless his son. Or if that son asks for bread, you know that dad's not gonna give him a rock instead. No, if, if, if earthly fathers know how to give okay and, and supply the needs and, and meet the needs of their kids, your heavenly father so much more knows because he knows everything about you. If you remember Psalm 139, that we're intricately created by God. He knows everything. He knows our thoughts from afar. He understands our needs. God knows everything about you. So him being the good God that he is, is gonna bless you with the good things of life and, and know that and move forward with you. And he's a great loving father and loves us and desires that greater good for us. And prayer is the joining with God in conversation. Therefore, prayer helps us endure. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 1 to th- 5, basically says that, like, consider it pure joy, brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And when we go through difficult things in life, we're to ask of God, because in verse 5 it says, if you lack wisdom with what God is doing in this particular trial or difficult time, ask of God, and he will give you the wisdom to endure it. And so prayer helps us endure. Not only that, prayer changes things. Uh, James 5.16 says, that the fervent prayer of a righteous person accomplishes much. God really does work through prayer. Prayer does change things. There is a, uh, the the uh, work of prayer is powerful and effective. And, and God changes things. Prayer changes things. Prayer is also refuge. Psalm 18.6 that when, says, when we cry out to God, He is there. He is always there. He says he will never leave us or forsake us. He is always personally present with us. And he is a refuge. Prayer changes us. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 talks about that when we pray, the, the, pray and, and the peace that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and your mind. See, prayer changes us. It works something different in us. When we pray, we feel better. It changes us. And prayer connects us with God. As Hebrews four sixteen says, that we can boldly approach the throne room of God, we can just walk right in. That's what prayer is. We connect with our friends, and uh, you know, through texting, Facebook, Snapchat, FaceTime, calls, emails, and just time together. Our connection with God is is, is very much like that. But there are no fees. <laughs> there's no lag time. Uh, it's a real time, open conversation where God is available anytime and all the time. So, how then do we connect? How then do we pray? Jesus answered that question in the Lord's Prayer, found in Luke chapter eleven, verses one to four, and Matthew chapter six, verses nine to thirteen. This morning we're going to look briefly at Matthew's version of these first uh, in these, in these um, today, and then next week, and then also on the ninth, and you'll hear about that in a moment. But the prayer has with it six petitions: three focusing on celebrating God, and three focusing on concentrating on how to ask for God's provision. So this morning, I'd like to look, us to look at the three avenues of celebrating God. And so if you wouldn't mind, uh, uh, you, you, you might need a Bible. And so if you want to borrow one, our ushers are coming down the aisle with a stack of Bibles. If you want to borrow one, you can just wave at them. But take your Bible and open up to Matthew chapter 6. And uh, um, if you wouldn't mind standing, I'd like to read to you the Lord's Prayer from Matthew's Gospel. The disciples were asking um, if you need a Bible, just wave at the guy as they're working up. But uh, if uh, uh, the disciples were asking Jesus, you know, teach us to pray. And they were looking for an, an effective prayer. How do we connect with God? And Jesus answers this in verse 9 through 13. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Stay standing for prayer if you wouldn't mind. Father, thank you for the, just the great blessing prayer is. That as uh, Pollyanna said in that video, Lord, uh, we can just come to you and just talk to you openly. And there's a soothing of our soul when that happens. And, and Lord, help us to learn how to pray better. Lord, i uh, Help us even this morning to be challenged with a few things that we're going to talk about. And, and Lord, may this connection with you, this even this next year, be something that is just fantastic as we connect with you through prayer. Bless our time. Holy Spirit, do work in us. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Have a seat. And again, pick out that outline. And encourage you to jot down some notes as we go through this. And encourage you to pick up one of the study pages uh, at the end of the service uh, and uh, take it home with you to do some more study on prayer. But uh, three avenues of celebrating God in prayer. The first, I will kind of break up this sermon in a little bit of parts. I'm going to ask you to, uh, in a little bit to be ready to share some praises of God. So be thinking about those that you might want to share. We're going to have a little open mic time to be able to share that. But uh, to celebrate God is to take time to honor God's greatness. Uh, Jesus starts out, he says, pray like this, our Father. Jesus is saying that we can approach God as Father. The, the term in here is a is a, a Aramaic term the the New Testament was written in both Greek and Aramaic and and the Aramaic term is abba i remember one time when i when i visited uh Israel area we were on the uh, beach of the Red Sea and uh, this little kid comes running by abba 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 <laughs> he's looking for his dad and uh um and that that term is a is an endearing term it's a it's a term like daddy um but it's it's, it's also a, have with it some reverence you know i as a father of, of some kids, uh, um, I love it when they call me Dad. it just it just means so much to me. And then my daughters, you know, especially when they want something, Daddy, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> because it's that it's that deep connection um, that uh, heartfelt, um, personal, way down deep connection that Jesus is saying we can approach God with. but but it's not just our Father, it's our Father. In heaven, because there still is an authority, respect, and reverence. That's why Jesus says that, our Father in heaven, that we should revere God. He's still the God of the universe. He's still the holy, awesome, almighty God. (laughs) And yes, we can walk into his throne room and call him daddy, but we still need to have that reverent respect of his authority in our life. He's still almighty God. I love how Psalm 145 addresses that, his greatness, starting out by simply stating, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Now that unsearchable doesn't mean you can't find it. It just means there is so much of it to find that you'll never find it all. It's a well that's so deep, you will never ever find the bottom of God's greatness. He's just too big. And there's, it will take an eternity for us to understand and know him that's why it's unsearchable. But that alone is great. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another God and shall declare God your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and declare your greatness. Now I'll be thinking of something that you want to praise God for because we're going to share in a moment, but God is great. And how To pray is to recognize his greatness, to speak boldly of his magnitude, to make known God's uh, prominence and to bask in the glorious splendor of God's enormity. The Apostle Paul in in writing Timothy describes how great God is in 1 Timothy 1.17. He says this, To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and forever. And ever amen. That word means so be it. Amen. Uh, a threefold expression of God's greatness. First, that God is infinite. He's the king of ages. That means there never was an age he was not king. He's always king. Uh, he doesn't, he's never dethroned, and he's please know this. He's certainly never dethroned by you or me or even the enemy. He always has and always will be on the throne. He's the king of ages and he is immortal. In other words, he does not die. That there never was a time God was not. I love how Revelation 4, 8 says it. It says that that who was and is and is to come. It kind of blows our mind. I mean, you just think of eternity and you just kind of, oh, wheels start to spin, smoke starts to come out of your ears I can never think of a time Because I think of everything start and end But God never ends And he never started yeah. How do you figure that out It just doesn't fit within our human Finite brains We think of start and end But God is And that makes him great Not only is God infinite, but he's also invisible. We don't know what he looks like. Now, yes, we've seen Jesus, or at least in history, they've seen Jesus, and he is God. But God the Father, we don't see. But what we do see is his effects, like the wind. We can't see it, but we can feel it and see its effects, just like God. I mean, many of you have sensed God's presence. You've told me stories about that. How you've been praying and you just sense God's presence there and you uh, going through a tough time and you sense God's arms right around you. You, you were in the hospital room and you just had a sense of feeling that God was right there or you were praying and you sense that God has inserted into your mind this thought that was wonderful and you, you sense his presence because he is there and you've seen him work. You've seen miracles happen. You've received help and guidance and comfort. I, I love what one little kid said about God. He said, God's kind of like scotch tape. You can't see it, but it holds things together. Don't you like that? (laughs) Our invisible God is great. So great is our God. He is incomparable. There is no one like God. He is in a class by himself. And no one or anything compares to him. He is incomparable. Uh, 1 Samuel 2.2 2 puts it this way. There is none holy like God. There is none besides you. There is no rock like God. Great is our God. And that's how we are to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy, great, awesome is God. So let's take some time. And praise God So hopefully you've been thinking about that We've got to, um, Rich is handling the other microphone over here And we'd love to hear some things of, of praise of God Now not, not a prayer request Or not how great you are But how great is God So who would like to share just some things about God's greatness That you've experienced That's the truth God can help you when you're frustrated <laughs> I love the accent But par- prayer is effective does bring comfort, help, hope. Prayer works, and we're to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And So we are to honor God's greatness, but also we're to surrender to God's reign. And Jesus said right here, your kingdom come, God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It already has happened in heaven. Believe me, in heaven, God reigns. And yet, yet here on earth, we're to pray for his kingdom to come here on earth. It's a prayer for Christ's reign to come in our hearts, for Christ's reign to come in the hearts of those around us, and his heart and, and the hearts of the church, the church to let Christ reign in there. And when Christ reigns, there is evidence. You go to any kingdom and you'll see good king. Woo! The the things, the the, his his influence uh, trickles down the same way. If there's a bad king, it trickles down there too, and you can see that. And when Christ reigns in our life, there's evidence. The way you find that evidence is you can write this verse down: Galatians five twenty two and twenty three. It's the fruit of the spirit. When Christ reigns in our life, the fruit of the spirit, the evidence, because fruit is evidence. You know, you go to an orange tree and there is what on it? Oranges. It's fruit because you know it's a fruit tree because there's fruit, and a fruit tree is supposed to produce fruit. We're supposed to produce the fruit of the spirit, and that spirit is what works in us. And when His working is in us, there'll be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All those things will be seen in our life. There'll be evidence that not only that there'll be a there'll be an obedience to God's word. The evidence of of Christ's reign is a is a sense of praise of God. We can't stop praising Him. There's also a compulsion to do good to all, that we want to sense that we need to be and participate to do what Jesus did who brought life and hope and light to people. We want to do the same thing. There's a compulsion to do that when Christ reigns in our life. And not only that, there's a growing passion for the good news of Jesus to be communicated all throughout us. We want people to know of how amazing we think God is. So the question is, is there evidence (laughs) Is there? Is he reigning? How we begin to change is we seek and pray for Jesus' reign in our life. You see, the disciples were 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 frustrated <laughs> with their life, and uh, um, in in Matthew chapter six, a little bit after he's talking about the. Uh, Lord's Prayer there. They were frustrated in a a number of ways about, they asked Jesus, how how are we going to do this whole thing living? Uh, Where are we going to sleep? How how, how are we going to dress? What are we going to do to eat? And and they're all worried about all the different elements of life. And Jesus says in in Matthew 6, why do you worry about these things? I mean, look at God. He he takes care of the, the birds of the air. He feeds them. How much more does he love you than the birds of the air? He's going to feed you. You're going to be able to be okay. Your, your, your specific needs are going to get met. Well, what about with what we wear? He goes, look at the flowers, the lilies in the field. They're more beautiful than all of what Solomon had. And Solomon was that king who had everything. The most beautiful adornments of clothes and jewelry. And he goes, if, if God closes the, close the flowers like that, and he loves you way more, don't worry about those kind of things. And then he says something interesting in Matthew 6, He tells us how to solve this worry. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. That kingdom of God is Christ on the throne. It's Christ reigning. And when Christ reigns, it means we give up our reign and we submit ourselves to Christ's reign. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's his way of life. And Jesus said, all the things that we worry about will fall into place. We talked about that at Christmas Eve, that we need to throw down our, the stuff that we hold on to so much and seek the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come to surrender to Jesus' reign. As well, to celebrate God is also to submit to God's will. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. It's a it's a prayer for the purposes of God's will to be lived out here and now on earth, just as it is, moment by moment in heaven. And a reality there. Not a prayer for my will or my wants or my desires, but a surrender and an abandonment to whatever God would allow. This is a difficult prayer. It's a difficult prayer because we want what we want. And we actually want what we want because we feel like we deserve it. We feel like actually we deserve everything we want. And the truth is we deserve absolutely nothing. See, because we were born into sin and that sin disqualifies us from anything and yet we think that we own the world. That we should have our will, our way, our wants. And yet, we deserve nothing. And actually, because of our sin, we deserve the worst. The worst kind of punishment. Hell and damnation. We deserve that. We don't deserve anything. And Jesus is an example to us of of that surrendered prayer um, in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, as he was in the garden of Gethsemane and because he's God as well, he, he knew what was going to happen to him as he walked to the cross, the, the scourgings, the beatings, the being nailed to the cross, struggling to breathe, he knew all of that. And so in that garden, he went and he prayed. And what he prayed was not, he said, Lord, if it is your will to remove this from me, please do. But God didn't. And so he prayed this, not my will, but yours. That great surrendered prayer. Because a lot of times we pray for things and, and we don't understand. We want this person to be healed. We want this thing to ha- this job to come through. We want this relationship to happen. We want this bill to get paid. And, 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 and we pray. And sometimes it does not happen. And we have to surrender, Lord, not my will, but yours. The Apostle Paul prayed that way too in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10. And we looked at that a while back in our little. Uh, concentrate to focus our campaign on surrender. And Paul prayed earnestly that this thorn, we're not sure what it is, whether it was a physical malady or a mental malady or something else, a relational issue, we're not sure, but Paul had this thing, he called a thorn in his flesh. And if you had a thorn before and how that feels, it is a constant irritation. <laughs> Every time you touch something, ah! <laughs> that sliver just, and you can't, and you start to dig it out and you just keep digging out further And then you got your fingers all full of, you know, hamburger meat practically because you're trying to find that thorn. And it it can't be removed. And every time you get reminded of that issue, it just hurts. And Paul prayed and he prayed and he prayed. But God's will for Paul was to keep his thorn. That is so hard for us to get over. Because maybe God doesn't want to heal us. Maybe God wants to keep us in the economical status we are at. Maybe God wants us in that area of want. God didn't remove Paul's thorn. We can't expect him to remove all of our maladies because remember, we deserve absolutely nothing. And if you've been in that place through your life where you've been super poor and then all of a sudden God brought you into some some, uh, wealth, you're so appreciative because you know what it's like to live as a pauper or a poor person. and Yet God brought you into uh, more than you could deserve. And yet we're to have that same idea that we don't deserve anything. Paul's response and Paul's prayerful response was to celebrate God by submitting to the sufficiency of God's grace. Because see, when we come to Christ, we walk into a relationship with God. We walk into family we're adopted into this amazing, incredible, awesome, wonderful family. We now have purpose and meaning and direction. Uh, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people belonging to God. We have belonging. We aren't abandoned. We're part of a, a wonderful, incredible family where God is Father, and, and we enjoy the, the, the love of, of that Father in our, in our life, and that's grace. Nothing we have done to get there. It's just simply God has, has blessed us with this opportunity when we believe. because of God's grace, that's enough. And that's what Paul was saying, is that it's enough that I have been saved by Christ alone and his grace, and I'm good with that. However I live out this life on earth, if I have to live with this thorn in my flesh, that's what I'll do. But I'll live it with joy and with grace as I move forward. That's why those prayers are difficult. Because God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want. And so that's why we pray God's kingdom come. God's God's will be done. Will be done. His will. So let's take time and, and to give and, and receive prayer. Uh, we do this quite a bit in our services. Uh, it's just a time of uh, uh, opportunity for us to pray. We we call it our reflection time. Uh, a while back we called it a garden of prayer. It's a it's just a moment to to take a, a pause in the service to be able to pray and. And and our custom is is that we have uh, our prayer team members and our pastors and our elders, they come take places around our auditorium so if, those, if you go ahead and move, those are your pastors and prayers team people. Some will be along the signs here. Some will be up in front here. Uh, and we're here to receive a, a prayer, for, to give you prayer on on behalf of anything you want. Maybe it's about your prayer life. Maybe it's just about your own spiritual life. Maybe it's a struggle you're going through. Maybe it's somebody you know that's, that's praying, uh, that you need needs prayer. You can come to one of us, and we would love to pray with you with whatever is on your heart and your mind. But I do want to encourage you as we take this time for you to pray. God loves the sound of your thoughts. You can pray out loud; that's fine, and just you know, that's fine. But but when you're thinking it and praying it, He loves the sound of that. You know, it's kind of like when you're. I can tell if my kids and now my grandkids, I, I can I can hear their their voice, and it does something to me. I go, ooh, ooh Jamie's here. Ooh, Jessica's here. Oh, that's Josh's. I can even hear his truck when he drives down the street. <laughs> but something le- leaps in my heart because I love them and I can't wait to connect with them. God does that when you talk to him. Ooh, Paul's praying. Ooh, <laughs> Nancy's praying. Oh, that's great. I love it. Can't wait to hear what they're going to have to say, even though he knows it before we say it. He just wants us to say it because he loves the sound of our thoughts and our voice. So take some time to pray and even if you want to and there's a few of you that want to you can gather together and pray together if that's but please don't make anybody feel uncomfortable some people love praying some people just like they're nervous about it and that's okay and the goal of Christianity is to get better at praying so let's, let's do that practice that some but to make it easy those who do want to come out if you wouldn't mind all standing and as this song is being played and sung uh, feel free to come to one of us we'd love to pray with you about anything that's on your heart and mind or pray take some time to pray some praises back to God your will be done your kingdom come